You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I'm your host today, Delaine England, and I am so happy to have two amazing Liberty Moms. First of all, we're going to have Julene Jackson, who is really the epitome of a Liberty Mom. She is amazing. She is has five, um, all of her children are just incredible. I want to be their godmother. I want to adopt them. They're just so incredible. They're very, something very much to be proud of. And Julene has been the vice president of Moms for America. She's had her own constitution classes that she teaches and has taught. She has just done so much to spread the love of America and the love of liberty and without any further ado, welcome, Julene. We're so happy to have you with us today. Oh, Julene. thank you so much, Delaine. You're one of my most favorite people. So I'm delighted to spend the morning, a little bit of time with you. <laughs> you are mine. I learned so much from you and so impressed. And so we'll start out because you, many years ago, you decided that it was time to teach your children the principles of freedom and the principles of liberty and the Constitution. So tell us, how is it that you decided to do that, how that came to be? So about 15 years ago, I was living in a small town called Hood River, Oregon, along the Columbia Gorge. And it was a very liberal, progressive town. And I was worried about what my children were I was starting to have kids in middle school. And uh, the middle school had put this big ball of the world in front of the school. And, you know, I was hearing things, how they were teaching, you know, uh, negative, negative aspects of our American history and of our founding fathers and emphasizing more of their global citizenship. And um, so the mamas, just a few of my friends in town were getting a little nervous. And then one of the moms was watching Glenn Beck, he had a program, and he held up the book, The 5,000-Year Leap, and he said, mothers, you need to learn these 28 principles of liberty and freedom and teach them to your children. You need to gather together in a book group to learn these ideas and these principles and go home and teach them, and that's exactly what about six of us mamas did in that town. <clears throat> we started a little cottage meeting. We called ourselves the Daughters of Liberty, and we met once a month. We were not constitutional experts. We were not historians. We were just worried about what our children were being taught in the schools and we want to be able to shore them up and teach them the real history, you know, and the miracles and stories of America that they can be proud of. And so that's how it started. That is so fun. I love how just a simple thing like that, you get together with six friends and you create this cottage meeting and teach each other. I love that no one was an expert, but you taught each other and, and now you are an expert. So that's really, it just shows how you can, you can really be self-taught because there are so many great resources out there. 
there you're not alone you don't have to go and be a historian and go dig through the the national treasures you there's so many resources so you decided to do this and then you started teaching your own family on you know you did these cottage meetings with your friends but you took you took the lead and started teaching your family so you are married to a previous sent a former Utah state senator and Al Jackson. And um, so how did Al, how did he take this? What did he think? Well, initially he was, we, we've always had a morning devotional in our home with our kids where we would study a Bible story, memorize maybe like a little poem, sing a gospel song, say a prayer and get the kids off in the morning. So we had done that for years. And I started to weave in stories of America, miracles of America, or principles from the Constitution, just, you know, three, four, five minutes. And at first, I think he thought I was turning into a right-wing nut. He was like, what is she? Is she politicizing our family devotional? But as he began to listen, learn, you know, you learn right along with each other, you know. And um, his heart was pricked. And he was very touched and he began to attend some of these seminars through the Thomas Jefferson Center for Constitutional Studies that I had kind of stumbled upon. And before I knew it, he was like running the Thomas Jefferson Center for Constitutional yes. Studies. This was all volunteer. <laughs> you make no no money out of this. No one gets rich off our freedom and liberty. You just do no. it because you love your country. That's you want right. to do something, that, you know, you want to be a part of the solution. And so an opportunity came for him to run for the state Senate. And at this point, he had been teaching with me, you know, these little patriotic moments in our morning devotional. And so he had to walk the talk. Of course, he had to run uh, because he had been teaching his children, you know, that love your country. (laughs) And we're all begging him like, Al, this is your calling. Please run. We need you in there. We need good senators. But, you know, really, Delane, it was it will typically be mamas that wake up first to the, this need because they're sensitive to what their children are experiencing when they leave their homes. And when they come home, they can see sometimes the heaviness, the weight of the world on these kids' shoulders. And so moms are especially sensitive to what their our kids are, are faced with each day out in the world. And so uh, I kind of woke up to this awful situation first and then gently put my foot in my husband's behind to wake him up so to speak and then we we taught our children together and that's really the most powerful is when you have a mommy and a daddy on board and these kids can see that you know mom and dad are united in this cause and then the kids they really don't give you a hard time if mom and dad are are consistent and united the kids just if it's important to mom and dad it'll be important to the kids Yes, it's so true. And they just, like you say, you get up and you do these devotionals. And and when we start it, it if we start it when they're young, it really is just normal and natural. That's just part of home life. They don't think a thing of it. But it's still okay if you haven't done that. You can. And you might get a little pushback from some of your kids initially. But it's amazing right. how much they start to feel loved. They start to feel really appreciated and part mm-hmm. of, of what is happening in the family. They feel very connected to everyone so yeah it really isn't hard to do even after no if as long as you're consistent 
you know, they'll get on board. If it's just hit or miss once a couple times a month, then the, then they'll complain. But if, if they just know that every day this is part of, you know, what your family does, they they just go along with the program. You know, they sometimes don't want devotional to last any longer than it needs to. So they just go along with it, you know, instead of pushing back. But, um, you know, mom and dad will be the best teacher your children will ever have. You are the most qualified to teach them the things that they need the most as they go out into the world each day. You are inspired to know how to arm that child up. And so I say to moms and dads, rise up to this privilege in you to prepare your children to be a part of the solution and defenders of this great nation by the work and the teachings that you do in the home. What you teach them in the home surpass anything that they're going to hear in the classroom I promise you you know what Jolene that is the best advice and it's so totally true what we teach our children at home really does stick they remember it and even when they get older they go back and they remember these warm times that even they weren't maybe didn't know they were enjoying and they go they and they miss that because my children are older and um they're out of the house and those times when we they, when we study the scriptures and study the Constitution, they know them. They know them, even though they've been now subjected to the liberalness of the world. They know those yeah. principles. They know that they're true. And they, they're such a, great guidance. Oh, I mean, and those teaching will rise up within them in their hour of need, and they will remember. You know, I have a boy who's been in the NBA for six years, and he I swear, when during his teenage years, he slept. It looked like he was sleeping through most of the devotionals. It was early in the morning. His eyes were closed. And he has told me, Mom, you know I wasn't really sleeping. And I know he wasn't sleeping through the devotionals because he's the only kid on that basketball court before the game when the national anthem is being played with his hand over his heart. And he learned that in the home. He's learning these stories that. in America. And he really was the only one. With his hand on his heart, what a well, good when I go when I go to those games, mostly those boys are heads are down, and and you know my boy has defended the other players. He said, "Mom, they're good boy. They're you're good men." He said, sure. "They're really they're not as you know bad as people want you know think NBA players might be." But he said, "I really think they just haven't been taught to love America. They just haven't been taught to revere the founding fathers. Been taught not to love yes. America." And they don't know. Right. They don't know because you don't know what you're not taught until you're exactly. taught. That is so exciting. Yeah. And I know that you also have a daughter who was going through some hard times, some difficult times. And I remember her sharing this story that she would go back and think when she was going through hard times and think of the stories that you had shared with her about the founders and the trials and that dip, the sacrifices that they made and the difficulties and they made it through. And how inspiring that was for her when she was having hard times. Uh, there's nothing like um, a heart stock full of stories in your time of need to, to draw upon. It's like a reservoir. And, you know, those great stories of our founding fathers and mothers doing difficult, frightening, scary things. You teach those to their to your children and they will remember those stories when they're going through their heartaches and trials and scary moments, you know, as they sit in the classroom and wondering if they should speak up for truth or not. And, uh, and so now that girl travels all over the world for her job, teaching people to find their family history and their stories. She just taught a class last week for moms for America on the constitution, the things that her mom did to teach her. 
And so, I mean, the fruits of your labor, at the time you're teaching your kids these things in your home, it might look like they're not very interested, but if you will just consistently carve out a little bit of time to teach them a story from history or a principle out of the Constitution. We review the headlines of the newspapers every day too, so they can see is what is going on in the world today consistent with the what our founding fathers intended. Because you want them to, you know, give principles of liberty in the Constitution practical application to current events of the day. So these are just ideas that I just learned through the years. The spirit would just put upon my heart, okay, in order to help my kids really understand this, I should try this, you know? So our devotionals and the way I taught principles of liberty and freedom always were evolving each year. And God will help you. If nothing else, just read a child's story from American history. Just start with that, you know? But Moms for America, and we'll talk about that in a minute, has really great resources on how to teach your children. That's great resources. Yes. And that that is so true. And having these stories are the way the Savior taught. And so stories and that we have to have them relate to us because when we study history, if we don't see how it identifies and how it matters to us now, it seems pretty irrelevant. The whole reason we study history is to learn what was successful so we can repeat it, what was not successful so we don't repeat it. So there's a purpose to learning history and you absolutely nailed it. It's so important to help us identify with it and make it relevant in our day then they you do have their interest if you make it relevant for now okay so so you teach the cottage meetings of the constitution for moms for america amazing organization so exciting and moms for america is a 15 years old i believe right yes and you've just taken off the last five or six years it has just taken off like crazy. So I am so thrilled that you're teaching these cottage classes to teach the Constitution because you make it accessible for literally everyone in the entire United States, probably the world, could sign on. But everyone here that wants to can sign on free classes and they can learn these principles. So tell us about your cottage classes. Right. So the whole idea is liberty begins at home, but mamas need to know how to teach these principles of liberty, these stories, you know, I mean, you can't teach what you don't know. So before COVID, moms would gather in homes, five, 10, 15 moms, and we provided different curriculums. And since COVID happened, we began to teach classes online. So I teach a weekly online class where moms from all over America hop on their one hour, their free you just go to momsforamerica.us, click on cottage meetings, click on the virtual cottage meetings. You can sign up. You'll get a 24-hour notice before the class each week. The class is coming up and then an hour notice before the class. So I teach, you know, I go through how to teach your children the foundation of faith, the valor of virtue, the power of patriotism. I have a class on uh, America Share the Stories, teaching, you know, the stories that you could teach your children and how to teach liberty through poetry, music, art, literature, the the power of, of the dinner hour and of home management. Last week, I taught a class on uh, how to instill uh, uh, the love of being self-reliant. You know, we have an entitlement generation and how, how we can teach our kids to love the work. And then uh, we'll, we'll We'll be starting in March, a 16-week called The Healing of America. 
And that just really gave me the bedrock foundation of American history, of the Constitution from the viewpoint of the founding fathers, uh, why we're in this mess that we are now, and what we can do to heal America, to heal our families, to heal our schools, to heal the Constitution. So you get a mama who understands this. We also have a 5,000-year leap class. All these classes are recorded and online. You can go listen to all the recordings now, uh, and they're free. Or you can be a part of the live classes. And and as you go on our website at momsforamerica.us, you know how to sign up for these live classes. And you're off to the races. You are off to the races, Elaine. Yes, and it's so great, and it is accessible for everyone. So tell us how we go on your website and everything so people can go on and participate in these cottage classes. Okay, so you just go to momsforamerica.us, sign up, click under cottage meetings, sign up for the the class that's going on right now. We've got one last class of a 12-week cottage meeting series that I've been teaching but all these classes are standalone classes. You could join this Wednesday. It's 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And, and then we're going to take a little six-week break from online classes. But there are about 12 cottage meetings in Utah. And so Tammy Hirsch is the state liaison for Moms for America. And she knows of all the cottage meetings in Utah. And, and that's where the real magic occurs, I believe, is the in-person, in-home cottage meetings where mothers gather together. We provide, you know, different curriculum for you so you know exactly what to teach. You come together, you share experiences, you teach one another, you pray before the class, you laugh, you cry. The Spirit of God is always there, and it is a transformational experience to come together with women and learn these things that are going to help shore up and protect your children. And that connection is so valuable and important. And we need that connection right now. I mean, we always need it. That's why God put us on the earth together, because we do need to connect with each other. But it's a, it's so valuable, and it really does help us get through. And I just have to say, if you haven't read The 5,000-Year Leap, it's very inexpensive. It's just such a great book. I, I love that book, because it's the kind of book that anyone can understand it. You can really study it and read it with your kids. It's not... It's well organized. I don't want to say it's not deep, but it's not, it's just done in such a way that it's so understandable. And it, it lists those 28 principles of liberty. And it's just so, so well organized and easy to understand. And I really like it. So I highly recommend to everyone to get the 5,000 year leap. And then you guys have some really excellent study materials that they can get, that they can order when they go on your website on Moms for America. Right, right. We provide. All the workbooks for all the curriculum in our Moms for America store. I teach a 12-week, 5,000-year leap class where I take two to three principles a week, and I just break it down. Uh, Al and I teach that one. And um, and so, you know, a woman that can speak the principles of liberty instead of just, oh, I'm, sure I'm just so bad, I'm just so worried, she speaks with greater authority authority and you know these principles are universal they transcend party and politics and you're you will be more effective the way you teach your children the way you talk to your neighbors we we take one principle a week in our family devotional and we we study that one principle the whole week every day we read it and then we talk a little bit about that principle and i just have one daughter left at home now she's 15 and she's been doing that for years so imagine Writing on, writing on their little hearts, these principles of liberty, even if they only remember 1% of what you taught them, that's 
all that they will need. God will expand their capacity to understand and defend someday when they leave your home. But you got to show the Lord that you are willing to try and teach these things to your children, even if you think they're falling on deaf ears. I promise you, God will reward your efforts. And the fruits that will come from these teachings with these children will be miraculous. I, I bear you my witness of this. I have seen this in my home now who children uh, have been taught these things for 20 years. And if I could just go down the list and tell you how God has put on their heart to defend God and family and freedom because of the teachings in our home, uh, I think you would have no question about why it's important to do this. You know, that is so true. And that really is the payoff, isn't it, Julene? And it is so worth it. It is worth the sacrifice and the time it takes. Our children deserve this. And they need it. And it's the only way they'll make it through this this world. It's so crazy. We live in a day when people can't even to say, give a definition of what a woman is. And we live in a world where there are actually law, lawmakers who refuse to protect our innocent unborn children and refuse to protect our innocent born children against um, a new industry that seeks to just take their money and take their lives. And so um, it, when they have those principles, it just, the thing is you just understand everything so much better. Just everything becomes mm-hmm. more clear. It's le- learning those principles. You don't have to understand every issue. You understand because you understand the underlying principles. Mm-hmm. So and it there's really- an epidemic of, there's an epidemic of young people that are experiencing greater anxiety and depression than ever before. And I think because they're not being taught these great stories of uplift and opportunity, that they're losing sight of, you know, the the focus of their life and how they can rise up and be about perpetuating the greatness of this land. And and so I I just think, you know, I've got my little 15-year-old who told me the other day she's a freshman in high school. She was joining the pro-life club at school. And that she and I are going to go to the pro-life rally in Washington, D.C. next Friday. And, you know, I mean, she just has always been taught to love God. We pray to God. We, we, you know, keep his commandments. And so some of these things are just like, you know, in, in high school, sometimes kids are so impacted by their peers and their teachers and even in the universities. But if the foundation is laid at home, even if they're, kind of tempted to buy into some of the philosophies they're hearing in school. They come back home and you re-remind them and you ground them and you center them and and they want to be a part of the of the solution. They want to be there where truth and righteousness and goodness is being is being, you know. That is wonderful. Jelaine, you're so awesome. You know how much I love you and adore you. And I'm just so grateful for all of the value that create. And that you you really do make the world a better place, and so does your family. It's been it's so evident because I see your children going out there. They're they're sharing, they're serving, they're making the world better. They're positive, they're self sufficient, they're givers, and it really is so exciting and wonderful. And I think it's such a blessing to be a mother. And I just want to remind every one of us as mothers. That when we're talking to each other and we're, we need a friend that we can maybe just kind of unload on when we have hard times. But when we're when we're out there, 
we need to be positive about how blessed we are to be mothers. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with another Liberty Mom. Thank you for staying with us. This is the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. We're so, so grateful and delighted to have another Liberty Mom with us. Her name is Salty, and we're so excited. Salty is, she has been very, very involved, particularly in smart meters and surveillance she's great at research she's an amazing researcher she's a great writer she makes videos she's about empowering and um and educating and exposing and those are kind of her go-to that's what she's she's very talented salty thank you so much for being with us taking time this day thank you thank you delaine this this is great i love spending time with you I love spending time with you. And I know that you have so much to share with us and so much important information. And I think, you know, I talk to friends that are say, oh, I'm not really um, interested in politics. I'm not really, I'm not really political. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really interested in politics either. I don't even like politics. But what I do love is I love liberty and I love freedom. Freedom to be able to choose for myself, to direct myself, to self-govern, and the liberty to use that freedom to do good, to do what is right. And I really appreciate you being on the front lines of this and, and doing so much. Again, I love being in the trenches with you where we can work together. And I do not really like research, so I'm so <laughs> grateful that you love to do research because you have helped us all so much and know what's going on. So right now, I'd like to talk about smart meters. Sure. And I think it's really important because right now I see like Bountiful City where I live, they have just embraced smart meters for everyone in the entire city of Bountiful. I just got a letter from Rocky Mountain Power for my shop that is not in Bountiful. And they're saying we're switching over to smart meters. This has been going on for 10 years. And I've been a little surprised because for Bountiful, I guess I shouldn't be. Um, one thing I felt really great about is I talked to the, we have our own electric company in Bountiful. The city owns the electric company. And the thing I, I talked to the head guy over the electric many times. And he assured me, he goes, oh, we will never do smart meters. They're not a good idea. They're not wise. They're more expensive and he goes, I don't really like what they do. I don't like the surveillance. So I felt so wonderful that he was had that Attitude. perspective and that understanding. We did get a new mayor. And of course, you know, people change, like the not the people themselves, but the person in charge. So I don't know what happened in Bountiful, but uh, we are being lobbied this just constantly. And so what I just want to ask you, what is the problem with smart meters? What's wrong with them? Well, there's there's four main things that it, really it's sold to us for convenience. These are all of the things that 
are relative to smart anything, whether it's a smart grid, a smart phone, a smart toilet, all of those things. It's, it's all, it's all sold to us for, for convenience. So I've never thought of my meter that needed to be read by human eyes as inconvenient for me in any way. And I don't feel that smart meters are any more convenient for me. Of course, it's convenient for them in this case, or that's how they say it. It's more convenient. We can run it from our computers. We can collect your data and we can advise you. I don't know about you, but I get those things every month from Rocky Mountain that says, hey, you're doing great. Or, hey, your neighbors are doing better than you. And this is how you can do it better. These are the appliances that are using the most energy. Maybe you should think about, you know, reducing the use. And it's, I'm with you. I mean, liberty has to start to some degree with privacy. So who cares if I go in my jacuzzi, my spa more often because it's winter and I'm freezing, (laughs) you know, that's my business and I'm paying you for it. So get out of my business. And that's really one of the main, main problems is that it's, it's, it's the frog in the pot, a little incremental changes that we don't actually feel. There's no discomfort from it. There's nothing nefarious at first glance about it. But when you really dig in, what I've come up with is really four main things that are wrong with smart meters. And we've talked about one of them and that's privacy protection, because not only can they surveil your power usage, they can also control your power usage because this isn't just electricity. This is for some places, gas for some places, water. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about water, especially in Utah right now. And it's, it's really, it's like, you know, where in the founding documents, it talks about your protection of your papers, protection of your, you know, possessions. They didn't have technology then, but this falls in that category of privacy. You know, this is my stuff. This is my information. This is my data. I didn't give you permission to take it so I can have power in my house. Right. And that's, that's really, yeah. Because we, you know, if we believe in the public square, if we believe in commerce, we want to buy a product and it might be electricity, it might be gas, we want to buy a water, we want to buy a product. And as long as we have the means to pay for that and to have a, a fair exchange, you know, of course, the difference is that the free enterprise is founded on morality, it's founded on a free and equal exchange of value where we both win. Right. We create something, someone else wants to buy it, and we decide on a price, and they say, what you have to sell is worth it. Mm-hmm. The problem we have with our utilities, they're monopolies. Cool. I can't say, you know what, I don't want a smart meter, so I'm going to go elsewhere and buy my electricity. Correct. Because there is no one else to buy electricity. We, we have to go, okay, I'll, I'll use candles. Um, you know, we don't really have an, op- an option there, which is un-American. It really pushes us into a corner and it gives us no options. So in a way, it seems like free or commerce, but even from a contract standpoint, is this really a meeting of the minds? I mean, is this really a fair exchange? I'm giving you money to keep my lights on, but you're taking my money and my data, which you can turn around and sell or utilize in ways that I don't know about. Like, it's really not a fair exchange. And yet the morality of that is just completely gone from so many of these different situations, whether it's sensors in the street or the, I don't know. I mean, I live near Ogden and if you go to downtown Ogden, we were just driving through there yesterday. You can look on every street light or street, you know, signal 
and see different equipment attached there. And I've, I saw two speakers on a pole. What are we doing with speakers? This sounds so communist. People get off the road, go here, go there. You know, there are cameras everywhere you go. You you cannot go anywhere without being uh, surveilled. So you know that. And I think the biggest, like, I really have a problem with the privacy issue, but I also even have a bigger problem with the control issue. Exactly. Because they can control you and how much you use. And if they don't like your ESG score, they can just shut your power off. And that's part of the problem. And, yeah. and if you look at, this is a little bit of an offshoot, but it's totally related because they didn't have this technology when you and I were kids or even when our kids were kids. But what they're doing now in schools is they're using technology to actually give information to children, read how they respond and craft a new response to guide them to an already determined destination or learning point. And then they categorize them on their potential to fit into future programs. So they're not giving free will to children. They're taking it away. And that sounds so dystopian, but it is happening. It is happening in our schools. Yeah, I, I am a school teacher, but we don't do that at my school. But I have been in the schools. I was allowed when they brought Common Core in to go check out the testing. And I saw it firsthand. And it is it is absolutely happening where they're the 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 questions that they ask are subjective. They're not objective questions. They're subjective. So they're depending on how you feel and on your opinion. Mm-hmm. And then the teachers don't know the answers. And then all those answers the next question is based on the answer the child gives. Yes. So they're they're not really educational. They're not about education. They're about social emotional learning. Learning. And they're it's socially engineering the children based on these tests and these answers and questions that they give them. And so um I I that that's a really big problem. And that is a whole nother conversation. Well, it is a whole nother conversation. But what people don't I think understand or maybe easily connect is how all of this is intertwined. We've got yeah. the internet of things, which is all the technology being connected. So it's a giant, giant web between the sensors in the street, the cameras, the um smart meters, the smart grid, the transportation uber your your rent a bike all of these things are interconnected and then you can layer on top the internet of bodies and the internet of bodies sounds so scary and it is and it's all your personal devices so it it can be your smartphone in both cases but it can also be your fitbit that's tracking all your stuff and then it's reporting back to an app that app is reporting back to who knows where the giant data center and you know bluffdale or wherever who's collecting it and so People don't really see things outside of the independence like, oh, that's terrible. Smart meters are terrible. We need to get rid of them. Like that is just one starting point. Pick an entry point around that giant web circle and go in and you'll find, oh, it's just, it's all interconnected. It's all about putting us us basically in a digital prison. It, it really is. It's so interesting because it the data is about control and data mm-hmm. is the new currency. It's absolutely, it's absolutely is currency because it's something, our currency isn't worth anything. It's just paper that they're printing with nothing behind it. It's not even a receipt of of, of value exchanged or created. And so, but data is worth so much money because they can sell it and because they can use it 
to control people and to get mm -hmm. the outcomes that they want. And they, mm -hmm. uh, they can control our bodies and they control our minds. They control what we believe, what we think, and what we do through that exactly. data. And so exactly. it, is, it is really important. Okay, so, so privacy and then control. And then what's the next one? So the next one is that they're very toxic. These smart meters, going back to smart meters, of course, they're very toxic through the radiation that they emit. And I have heard stories about people who have you know, stayed in someone else's house as a guest and slept in a bedroom that was directly over the smart meter. And immediately they started having symptoms, symptoms, not unlike things that we have been told is a virus lately. Uh, it's very interesting. So there's a lot of correlation between the viral symptoms and radiation poisoning. And this is kind of what we're talking about. Electromagnetic frequencies, electromagnetic radiation, radiation, stick your head in a microwave. That's like a 5G tower. So we have this attached to our homes and we're interacting with it aside from even if we talk about wireless running through our house and all these things. So that is one, that is one thing or the second thing. The third thing is we did touch on and it is a way to compromise our privacy through data collection because it is, it's, the meters themselves have the capacity to talk back and forth. We know this because we get reports about our usage. Why else would they be utilizing this type of technology um, if it didn't report, if it wasn't convenient for them in their business model? And um, the third thing, which doesn't get talked about a lot because it's, it's, it's not common, but it's, it does happen and it's dangerous and that the meters can explode. And when they explode, they can be small explosions that just hurt the meter and, you know, take it out of business, or it can be larger that catch whole entire homes on fire. So we're, we have the ticking time bombs stuck on the outside of our homes. And that's very concerning as well. Like what is the upside for us? There is no upside for us. And so to be a bearer of better news or to give, you know, people a chance to be hopeful because sometimes living in this world of seeing what is happening makes you feel a bit helpless and makes you feel what what's the point why would i do anything but you can people since i released that video about four months ago a lot of people have been able to contact rocky mountain power or their power company if you're listening from another state and request that the the meter be removed and they get a regular meter and they have someone have to come out now they're going to charge you for it they're going to fight against you they're going to push against you but People have had success so long as they're tenacious and just be prepared for that. Not everybody can afford to do that, but it is one of those things that takes our power back, <laughs> which is kind of a funny euphemism for that. So we're taking our power back from the power company, I guess, but it is, yeah, it is, it is possible to do that. And, and that's really what we have to focus on is like, okay, we need to understand the problem, but not dwell on it and live there, we need to say, okay, so if they're doing this, what is our recourse? How do we redress this grievance with this company who is, you know, not government? So they don't have that power, that place to be able to decide that. We just acquiesce. And when we acquiesce, they say, oh, okay, well, they just agreed to it and they're not fighting back, so it must be okay. So we need to let them know it's not okay. The more we comply, the more they will heap on us, the more they will control. Mm -hmm. The only way that we can start to restore even a shred of liberty is to push back and to, you know, we can do it 
as nicely as possible. We don't have to be contentious. We don't have to be mean. And I think that we shouldn't be. I think it's really important to do it with decorum. Mm -hmm. But I just got my notice about our shop that they were going to put a smart meter in. The best way to do it is to stop them from putting it in. It's much cheaper. That is true. If you let them put it in and then you have them take it out, it's $130 minimum Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. to have them put your old meter back on and then they're Mm going to charge you monthly. Where if you if you circumvent it and you say, no, I don't want one, I'm opting out, then you don't have to replace your meter. And that is, it takes a lot less time and effort and definitely cheaper. Right. So, and, but I just, but I just ask you, you know, if you look back at the founders, did they give 130 bucks for their freedom <laughs> and for us to have freedom? They gave their treasures, they gave their fortunes. They literally gave everything. Many of them gave their lives, but Mm -hmm. they surrendered all of their, all of their worldly and earthly treasures. And I just think $130, it's really hard in a time like this. It is hard Mm -hmm. to do it, Um, but it is worth it. And, you know, paying a 20 bucks a month extra to have your freedom. What a, what an inexpensive price of freedom to be able to have your freedom. But we need to do it together. The more people do it, the better. The more we take a stand, the more, the more power we really will have. It's it's very true, and it sends the message that we understand what's going on. And I think that's an important point. If if we could have, or if we can stop them from installing the statistics that I found within my research, were that seventy five percent of the homes in America already have them. So it's a dually. We have to be able to teach people how to handle it if they get a notice like you did, or if it's past that point, just saying, you're right. There, there's no price cap on liberty. Liberty is what we are striving to protect and preserve. And sometimes that will take sacrifice. You'll have to, you know, you can go out without to, and I'm telling you that like anybody who is hesitant to do this or is a little afraid to stand up to it. I mean, these are just people and a lot of them are just doing their job and they follow the rules. They open the little book and they read down like, what am I supposed to say when somebody calls about this? And they're just people and we can relate to them as people. And with, like you said, decorum, if it gets harder to do, we need to stand our ground. And I'm telling you, the minute you do something like this, your confidence in standing up to these kind of things and taking action on the next one is exponentially bigger. And you will be able to parlay that into more and more action that you feel confident in doing. And you'll have so much more clarity on why you're doing it. And pretty soon it becomes a snowball with all of us. Oh, Salty, that is such a good point. And it's very true. When you do it and you have success and you feel very, you feel more confident and you realize this doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to get ugly. I'm just simply stating this is my constitutional right. I want to secure my privacy. And if you've already got a smart meter, it's such a great way to say, you know what? I did it your way. I tried it your way. And you know, it's not working. I am concerned about the health risks. I am very concerned about the control and I'm very concerned about the privacy. And I don't want you collecting my data. It's mm-hmm. That is a privacy issue. It's something I'm entitled to. And so... I love that. I love that. What you said there about um, how it gives you confidence and it, mm-hmm. it is true. And, and we feel like we realize that we can take a stand and still be happy and we can take a stand and do it in a, in a decent way. In a de- 
decent way. And that's, we, we want to operate in honor as much as possible. And there are times where we have to strongly express our views, but we don't always have to start that way. We don't have to throw down the gauntlet at every interaction where we anticipate that there's going to be pushback. So I think that all of this, it has so much of a, you know, a lower, you know, angry, confrontational kind of flair to it. And if we can be in that higher state, you know, where we're expecting that they're going to be cooperative, where we're expecting a good outcome, we will operate in that cooperative way. Like, how do we, how do we get this done? Like, I know this can be done. Just how do we do it? Not, you need to do this for me now. I need my rights. You know, that can come later if need be, but we really do. And and we model that and we, it, it makes us feel better in our spirit and our hearts to be able to operate you know, in a bit more calmness and positivity. And, you know, it, it makes our mission more powerful because more people listen to us if we're polite mm-hmm. and we have control of our emotions. When we're out of control, then they invalidate us and our mission. They just right. like, yeah, those guys are wackos. Where if we're just really polite and calm, then they validate us more and they're much more willing to do what we want and listen to us. Mm-hmm. And I like to ask questions. Yes. I like to ask as many questions as possible because then you're not accusing someone. You're helping them think through themselves. One, one, of the, one of the analogies that I always think of when I want to have an inroad with someone is if you were diving off a diving board, would you enter the water easier doing a belly flop or a nice dive? right? You can dive in and it's nice and smooth. And that is the, the idea behind like thinking cooperation, thinking, you know, positive outcome, as opposed to just, ah, you know, jumping in and just being crazy. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we have just a minute left. I wanted to talk about, oh, I think we've done an excellent job. You've done a fantastic job of covering smart meters. I just want to remind everybody about the facial recognition. It's happening so many places it's happening at most airports and it's probably happening in a lot of places that you don't even realize um, where it's actually happening and if you're within three feet it can pick you up Mm -hmm. and thing is when we talk about facial recognition it's mostly your eyes more than it is your whole and if your face is covered they can still recognize you via Mm -hmm. your eyes Mm -hmm. what would you like to advise us on facial recognition salty well, I just w- would share some things that I've learned and, and part of how facial recognition works is they map your face. So yeah. they take all these different points and yes, your eyes are an important one because they're so distinctive. They also can have the technology now to uh, map your gait. So even if you covered your face with something that kind of made the facial recognition not able to work, uh, it is it is something thing that they can do. And I think what people don't realize is when you use filters on your cell phone, I mean, on your, on the apps, say Instagram, and you're using filters, they're doing facial recognition on you. It's the data collection and they are getting more about your face. So they already have, they already have most of our faces. You know, if you've done ID.me, then they've got your face. And so it it is there, but we don't want to give them any more of a foothold or any more things that you can do. I mean, it is here and it is terrible and we're probably not going to get around it other than to fight it and to remove these devices that are collecting or refusing at the airport to say, you know, I'm not doing that. Here's my passport. You can take me in a back room and talk to me for an hour, but I'm not letting you scan my face. 
at least willingly. If you are and I don't know, then that's another conversation, <laughs> right? But if exactly. you're, you know, I'm not yeah. willingly walking into that. So it's, again, it's that empowerment to refuse. Salty, you are so wonderful. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Where can we find your video that you have made? So I have a ton of videos. They're really around the UN and surveillance and smart stuff. And that will all be at the Utah Freedom Coalition Rumble channel. I post them up there and there's, there's quite a few and they're the longer versions. There's some shorter versions that other people have done in similar topics, but these go into more depth as far as research and, and facts and connections. And I really like to get to the bottom of things. And that's what started me on research anyway. (laughs) You're wonderful. Thank you so much. I invite everyone to go on to Utah Freedom Coalition and, and watch the videos there on Rumble. And I just want to leave everybody with, I mean, this is kind of a, you know, not the happiest topic in the world, but I just want to remind everyone that it is a good world and we have good people. My family, I'm from Florida and my family, have family that lives there. And I didn't realize that just this last week, they had a sub-zero 17 degrees at night at 17 degrees, which is even colder than we had in Utah. And one of my brother's friends owns a hardware store, and I'm going to tell you about it next time because it's a really great story. And just remember that you are the guardian of your liberty. 